0: chapter twelve of russia in nineteen nineteen by arthur ransome this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter twelve the executive committee and the terror february seventeenth my general impression that the soviet revolution has passed through its period of internal struggle and is concentrating upon constructive work so far as that is allowed by war on all its frontiers and that the population is settling down under the new regime was confirmed by the meeting of the executive committee which definitely limited the powers of the extraordinary commission before the sitting was opened i had a few words with peters and with Krylenko. the excitement of the internal struggle was over it had been bitterly fought within the party and both Krylenko of the revolutionary tribunal and peters of the extraordinary commission were there merely to witness the official act that would define their new position peters talked of his failure to get away for some shooting krilenko jeered at me for having refused to believe in the lockhart conspiracy neither showed any traces of the bitter struggle waged within the party for and against the almost dictatorial powers of the extraordinary commission for dealing with counter-revolution the sitting opened with a report by dzerzhinsky that strange ascetic who when in prison in warsaw insisted on doing the dirty work of emptying the slops and cleaning other people's cells besides his own on a theory that one man should where possible take upon himself the evil which would otherwise have to be shared by all and in the dangerous beginning of the revolution had taken upon himself the most unpopular of all posts that of president of the extraordinary commission his personal uprightness is the complement of an absolute personal courage Shown again and again during the last eighteen months at the time of the Left social-revolutionary mutiny he went without a guard to the headquarters of the mutineers believing that he could bring them to reason and when arrested by them dared them to shoot him and showed so bold a front that in the end the soldiers set to watch him set him free and returned to their allegiance this thin tallish man with a fanatic face not unlike some of the traditional portraits of st francis the terror of counter-revolutionaries and criminals alike is a very bad speaker he looks into the air over the heads of his audience and talks as if he were not addressing them at all but someone else unseen he talks even of a subject which he knows perfectly with curious inability to form his sentences stops changes words and often recognizing that he cannot finish his sentence ends where he is in the middle of it with a little odd deprecating emphasis as if to say at this point there is a full stop at least so it seems he gave a short colourless sketch of the history of the extraordinary commission he referred to the various crises with which it had had to deal beginning with the drunken pogroms in petrograd the suppression of the combined anarchists and criminals in moscow he mentioned that after that four hours struggle which ended in the clearing out of the anarchist strongholds criminality in moscow decreased by eighty per cent to the days of the terror when now here now there armed risings against the soviet were engineered by foreigners and by counter-revolutionaries working with them he then made the point that throughout all this time the revolution had been threatened by large-scale revolts now the revolution was safe from such things and was threatened only by individual treacheries of various kinds not by things which needed action on a large scale they had traitors no doubt in the soviet institutions who were waiting for the day which would never come to join with their enemies and meanwhile were secretly hampering their work they did not need on that account to destroy their institutions as a whole the struggle with counter-revolution had passed to a new stage they no longer had to do open battle with open enemies they had merely to guard themselves against individuals the laws of war by which meeting him on the field of battle the soldier had a right to kill his enemy without trial no longer held good the situation was now that of peace where each offender must have his guilt proved before a court therefore the right of sentencing was removed from the extraordinary commission but if through unforeseen circumstances the old conditions should return they intended that the dictatorial powers of the commission should be restored to it until those conditions had ceased thus if in case of armed counter-revolution a district were declared to be in a state of war the extraordinary commission would resume its old powers otherwise its business would be to hand offenders such as soviet officials who were habitually late here there was a laugh the only sign throughout his speech that zhezhinsky was holding the attention of his audience over to the revolutionary tribunal which would try them and should their guilt be proved put them in concentration camps to learn to work he read point by point the resolutions establishing these changes and providing for the formation of revolutionary tribunals trial to take place within forty-eight hours after the conclusion of the investigation and the investigation to take not longer than a month he ended as he ended his sentences as if by accident and people scarcely realized he had finished before sverdlov announced the next speaker krelenko proposed an amendment to ensure that no member of the revolutionary tribunal could be also a member of the extraordinary commission which had taken up and investigated a case his speech was very disappointing he is not at his best when addressing a serious meeting like that of the executive committee the krelenko who spoke to-night fluently clearly but without particular art is a very different krelenko from the virtuoso in mob oratory the little dangerous elderly man in ensign's uniform who swayed the soldiers' mass meetings in Petrograd a year and a half ago. I remember hearing him speak in barracks soon after the murder of Shingarev and Kokoshkin, urging class struggle and at the same time explaining the difference between that and the murder of sick men in bed. He referred to the murder and while continuing his speech, talking already of another subject, he went through the actions of a man approaching a bed and killing a sleeper with a pistol it was a trick of course but the thrilling horrible effect of it moved the whole audience with a shudder of disgust there was nothing of this kind in his short lecture on jurisprudence to-night Avantisov, the tall dark secretary of the executive committee with the face of a big benevolent hawk hooded in long black hair opposed krelenko on the ground that there were not enough trustworthy workers to ensure that in country districts such a provision could be carried out finally the resolution was passed as a whole and the amendment was referred to the judgment of the presidium the committee next passed to the consideration of the extraordinary tax levied on the property classes krestinsky commissary of finance made his report to a grim audience many of whom quite frankly regarded the tax as a political mistake krestinsky is a short humorous man in dark spectacles dressed more like a banker than like a bolshevik it was clear that the collection of the tax had not been as successful as he had previously suggested i was interested in his reference to the double purpose of the tax and in the reasons he gave for its comparative failure the tax had a fiscal purpose partly to cover deficit partly by drawing in paper money to raise the value of the ruble. it had also a political purpose it was intended to affect the propertied classes only and thus to weaken the kulaks hard fists rich peasants in the villages and to teach the poorer peasants the meaning of the revolution unfortunately some soviets where the minority of the kulaks had retained the unfair domination given it by its economic strength had distributed the tax paying equally over the whole population thus very naturally raising the resentment of the poor who found themselves taxed to the same amount as those who could afford to pay it had been necessary to send circular telegrams emphasizing the terms of the decree in cases where the taxation had been carried out as intended there had been no difficulty the most significant reason for the partial unsuccess was that the propertied class as such had already diminished to a greater extent than had been supposed and many of those taxed for example as factory owners were already working not as factory owners but as paid directors in nationalized factories and were therefore no longer subject to the tax in other words the partial failure of the tax was a proof of the successful development of the revolution this is illustrated by the concrete case of uncle recorded on page seventy three krestinsky believed that the revolution had gone so far that no further tax of this kind would be either possible or necessary End of chapter twelve the executive committee and the terror recording by expatriate in Bangor, maine